This is Free Talk Live. It is the Tuesday edition, and we're kicking off hour number one of the show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free, 800-259-9231. That is the Packet 8 toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. And anything goes, as always. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And, of course, you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all of the features at freetalklive.com, because they're totally free. And again, freetalklive.com. Starting out with uh, an encouraging update on the Lauren Canario situation. In okay. case, uh, encouraging in that she's still able to send letters out of jail. That's really the. I guess it's better than nothing. It's right. not what. Uh, it's not the kind of news that I wanted to hear precisely. But but she's still able to write letters and send letters, and uh, so we're going to give you an excerpt from one of them here. But first, Mark, why don't you uh, recap who Lauren Canario is? Uh, Lauren Canario uh, is. The freedom fighter extraordinaire who was arrested in April. She's a Free State Project member, actually, she and she was arrested down in New London, Connecticut. Um, actually, she was arrested in late August. Late August? No, wait a minute. No, it wasn't late August because we were still here in. Uh, we were still here. We we were here. Absolutely. We met her when we came here, so it must so, have been late September. Yeah, yeah. must have been. Um, for sitting on a front porch step in New London, Connecticut. A front porch step that was taken. Or in the process, in the process of, being, of being, taken being taken by the New London government in the right. form of the New London Development Com- uh, Corporation. Right. The property still belonged to the property owner, um, the previous property owner. I mean, now it's been uh, taken away but uh, or sold, I guess. And she was still sitting on it when it belonged to them, and they uh, sim- simply arrested her for being there. Uh, you know, obstruction of justice, that kind of thing. One of these charges that... It's very difficult uh, yeah, to uh, it's a political define. Move. And it's a political move, a political punishment. The allegation was that she was a squatter, and she was a homeless person sleeping right. in that house, which, of course, was not the case. Nope. She had permission from the property owner uh, at the time to be on the property. Right. Because, again, it hadn't completely transferred out of his hands yet. Well, anyway, they threw her in the clink. Then they supposedly had a hearing for her, which we uh, attempted to attend, or at least I did. I don't think you were there. Um, nope. Uh, my girlfriend and I were there, along with some other activists from the Free State Project, and we were there attempting to attend it to show our faces in support of Lauren, you know, so she could see some friends in in the uh, in the courtroom. And they lied to us. They told us that she was going to be coming out at a specific time. We were there bright and early, you know, for the beginning of the the court day. Right. They told us she was going to be coming out after a specific time. So we went outside to uh, protest alongside of the road while we waited. And of course, while we were outside is when they brought her they into brought the courtroom. In, did their little thing real quick, and then... Locked her, her back up in the yep. clink. And now um, she's actually... Uh, that was like a hearing or something. She actually hasn't had a trial yet, as I understand it. She's being held for an indeterminate period of time, something that could last as long, we're told at least, from 8 to 12 months in prison. She's now That's coming the up. speedy trial. Uh, basically, she was in at first to determine the, her, her, the first two months of this. Mm-hmm. Um almost three now, was to determine whether or not she was sane enough to be declared, you know, to to stand trial. And now she's going to get her trial, her speedy trial, as defined by Connecticut, within a year. So A year in jail on something that they're not going to sentence her to 30 days on. It's crazy. Uh, In fact, she's been in prison for 81 uh, 81 days as of right now uh, without a trial. And you, I, get, I just pulled this information from nhfree.com. 
if you want, um, there's contact information for Lauren there. If you've yet to, maybe if you, maybe you thought when we talked about her in the past, you thought about sending her uh, a piece of mail and you just never got around to it. I'd like to encourage you to do so again. She's sitting in, uh, in some cases, segregation. They've taken her away from other prison population. We'll get her update here in a moment. But her ma- uh, mailing address is at nhfree.com, right at the top of the website. You just click on action items, nhfree action items, and you'll get her address there to where you can send her stuff. Details about that. But here's a quick update from her uh, latest letter to Kat Canning, who's one of the most prolific letter writers uh, to Lauren. I think Kat writes letters very often to her. And I can only imagine being in a cell, you know, 23 hours a day and sure. being allowed to get out very, very few Mail's times. Mail's got to be a really great thing. Yeah. She says, uh, thanks to all the publicity about my story, I've gotten mail from about 30 different people from about nine different states. Thank you to the Keen Free Press, Free Talk Live, Dave and Mike, who wrote a great press release, and everyone who got riled up enough to mention my situation. In gratitude, I've started to draw a cartoon strip to relay what it's like here and my reaction to it all. I get more material to make fun of every day. After all, the prison staff uh, makes sure of that. <laughs> Enclosed is episode number six. Uh, feel free to broadcast it anywhere you like. Well, you'll have to go and find her letter to... Uh, yeah, comics to don't really relay on yeah, radio no. very well. Um, so she goes on to talk about that. She says, I get thrown... Um, she says, I don't have an eraser or blank paper or even a light to draw by sometimes, so it looks a bit rough. If anyone wants to polish it up, they'll have to pay me. As for a regular schedule of production, I get thrown in seg, segregation, mm-hmm. too often to be reliable. I refused to comply with a pat-down search recently at the Chow Hall and got charged with flagrant disobedience again. Now I'm refusing to move out of my maximum security cell. So far, <laughs> I've been here 16 days. On day one, they put me in full restraints and said they would keep them on until I submitted to a strip search. Big talk. They took them off on day two. I hope to occupy... Uh, so she's refusing to uh, submit to these strip searches. Amazing. And, and I can't believe they're... I can't believe they're taking the restraints off of her. I yeah. Uh, why would they? I, it, you know, to me, it seems like... Maybe her willpower is just so strong, and uh, she's just defeating them well, mentally. I, they've, they've, got, they've got to know she's not dangerous. Right. Um, she hasn't raised a hand at any of them, and she's Correct. a small gal. Not to, you know, not to say that that means everything, but she can't be too intimidating looking. But, you know... It must be that they, they Maybe just they're realize, showing a little humanity. Yeah, they just realize we're being evil. Most of the people on my tier won out quickly, that is, out of maximum security. Right, and they'll do anything to get out. But I think conditions are pr- uh, pleasantly spare, so the longer I stay, the more happiness for everyone, except our tormentors. Stay tuned for further details from Lauren. And uh, again, uh, head over to nhfree.com to get the latest on her case. In fact, I think someone's setting up a website, freelaurencanario.com as well. I'm not sure if there's a lot of content there. Or not. And, of course, we'll keep you up to date as we continue to hear things from inside of the jail down in Niantic, Connecticut, with uh, with our friend and pris- uh, our imprisoned friend, Lauren Canario, which it's her birthday coming up this month, Mark. I don't know if you heard that. Oh, really? Yeah, so she gets to be in jail, at least most likely, on her birthday. Can't really do anything for her for her birthday. Nope. It's a shame. 800-259-9231. To the phones we go. Let's talk to Jason in Pennsylvania. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello. Yeah, guys, I'm just listening to the uh, show from last night, so if I'm repeating something that's already been said, feel free to stop me at any time. Okay. Uh, talking about the the debate that you guys had about uh, safe driving versus uh, driving while impaired and, and uh, driving unsafely unimpaired. 
Yes, it was my position that uh, drivers should be, if we're going to have punishments, should be punished for uh, driving dangerously, regardless of the cause, regardless of its uh, being drunk or tired or on pills or whatever. And Mark's position was that being drunk and driving is the worst of all evils, and we should punish people. Um, uh, that's not my position. My position that. is that if you um, willingly drink ahead of time, it's exacerbating circumstance to what you've done. But yet you won't. You won't say there are exa- any other exacerbating circumstances I because said you can't prove them. Intoxication. Well, let, let me uh, maybe think of, of this from a different point of view. And uh, Ian, I usually agree with you on most things, but this time there's just a point I don't think you're seeing is that if we're looking at this from a legal standpoint, that what Mark is proposing at least is something that can be proven versus what we're talking about is an accident. And accidents happen whether you are being uh, careless or sometimes accidents happen when you're being careful. Mm -hmm. So you can be the most careful driver in the world and, and... Still, that's why they call it an accident. It's because it, it happened accidentally. Oh, I understand. And you're saying so, that by, well, with tests you what, can prove it. What I'm saying it. is by going, going through your uh, perspective on this, that you punish the person for the result of the action rather than their state of mind or their state of being, um, it could very well be that I could be driving down the road right now, and though I'm talking on a cell phone, I guess that's considered not being careful, mm-hmm. but I could have both hands on the wheel and have no music on and be paying as close of attention to the road as possible, obeying every speed limit and every sign on the road, and still cause an accident. Sure you could. And be punished the same way as a person who was drunk off their ass. Let's come back and talk a little bit more about it. Hang on, okay? 800-259-9231, the Packet 8 toll-free line. This is your show. You take control of the airwaves. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231. And we invite you to our website at freetalklive.com. There is a shrine of female listeners there. If you go to shrine.freetalklive.com, you can see what I'm talking about. We've got two new members to the shrine. Uh, one of them is 21. And, you know, some people, Mark, have accused me of having the shrine of female listeners because I'm just some sort of a pervert and I like to look at pictures of women uh with their clothes on? Well, I think that um, pretty safely we could uh, say that the Internet is full of pictures of women, attractive women, with their clothes on, and we don't need to uh, collect them right. on Free Talk Live. It's also I've also been accused of uh, the Shrine of Female Listeners being my personal conquest list. Um, As though uh, everyone on the shrine is, is I don't, a conquest. Of I don't mine. think that uh, that that it's absurd. Yeah, of it is, it's. I I know enough about your conquests yeah. to uh, know that uh, one of two is on there. Uh, yeah, and uh, <laughs> I don't really consider anyone uh, anyone conquest. No, it's anyway. not a conquest. You've had relation relationships. But I think the um, to to point out the fact that it's not a conquest. Our one of our newest two shriners is all of. One month old. Yes, uh, I think that. So. Well, but we have several. We've got another one. Uh, yeah. that's now the second uh, very, very young Shriner. Babies. Uh, it's one of the two, um, I guess, Shriners who have been able to listen to the show for their entire lives. It's that's beautiful. A, that's thing. quite a claim. It is a beautiful thing. Can you imagine? Can you imagine, Mark? Um, people raising their kids, listening to Free Talk Live. Can you imagine <laughs> being exposed to this show. No. <laughs> at a at a young really. age. Eek. All right. So head over to the Shrine uh, at shrine.freetalklive.com, and of course. Um, don't forget to get registered 
for the New Hampshire Liberty Forum. It is going on in February from the 23rd through the 25th, and you're going to be able to meet libertarian superstars like John Stossel, Michael Badnarik, and many more. The most influential libertarians in America will be in attendance. That's freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. For more info and to get registered, freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. As we go back to Jason in Pennsylvania, you're back on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Now, Jason... We're talking about this drunk driving argument that Mark and I got into last night. It got pretty heated, and uh, you were calling in to point out a few things about the situation, and that is that you say that uh, being drunk is something that can be proven, and when you crash a car, um, basically you want to test somebody for being drunk and then punish them for it, right? I'm not necessarily saying I want to punish anybody or test anybody. I'm just I'm just pointing out the... the um differences between i guess i was just trying to point out that it's not such a simple solution of punishing somebody for the resulting actions of their driving right i understand where you're coming from and i think i didn't make something maybe perhaps i didn't make something clear enough last night when i say punish i mean uh, make them responsible for their actions in that for instance if they don't have insurance they would be punished by having to pay for the hospital bills and uh, the the damage that they caused in that other person's life um, well, if, I think there's if they have insurance, in then the punishment would be pretty darn minimal because insurance would hopefully cover it all for them. So I wasn't necessarily talking about jail time for getting into an accident. I want to make that clear. Okay, but I guess what I'm saying is that you could draw that correlation that, that if if somebody is willfully negligent, you know, somebody does something that is, is, and I would consider drinking and driving willful negligence. I mean, you are getting into a car mm-hmm. knowingly, uh, intoxicated sure. and putting that's yourself dangerous. and others at risk, and and that's that's pretty pretty simple to say that if somebody does that, there should be some repercussions. What I mean, sort of re- than, I mean, what sort of repercussions are we talking about? Well, all right, I'm thinking from a libertarian's point of view that uh, the government's not here to protect me from myself, but it is here to protect me from other people who um, cause damage or cause cause harm to me. Theoretically, uh, though, I wouldn't trust uh, the government to do that sort of thing. Nonetheless, I see where you're coming from. Well, okay, so so I do think that, that people who um, do something, I, I would say getting into a car, the, the car could be, uh, as, as your other co-host last night pointed out, uh, similar to a, a loaded gun. If you get behind the wheel intox- as an intoxicated driver, um, you, know, you should be held to the same standards of... Um, killing somebody with any other weapon. So, so what, like, once again, what you're talking about uh, hinges on being able to prove that the individual is intoxicated, right? So you support I would, I would testing, so. So, for taking yeah, blood from people. I don't know that I support taking blood. Uh, okay. That seems a little invasive, but... You support a breathalyzer uh, test, then. So now maybe. we get to the inconsistency part. Well, I, uh, about the invasiveness, once you've, oh, I don't know driven a steering wheel through my chest, I really don't care about how invasive a needle prick is. Yeah, point taken. Okay, all right, fine. That's fine and everything. But let's address the inconsistency issue now at this point, which is the same one that Mark had last night, and I'd like to hear what you have to say to it, Jason. And that is that if you are advocating, and what you're you're saying sounds fine and everything, um, I I see where you're coming from emotionally. It's very powerful. You're going to have a lot of allies, like um, emotional people like Mark, and, uh, I'm just a crazy woman. Yeah. Um, so basically, for uh, you want to punish people extra for being drunk, for um, engaging in this risky behavior that it, they really shouldn't have been doing. 
But on the other on the other hand, a, an individual who gets into into a car behind a steering wheel while they're tired is putting just as many people at risk. It's just as risky a behavior, in my opinion. But yet, as Mark pointed out last night, once you get into that accident, you get a bu- burst of adrenaline, and nobody's going to be able to tell after the fact that you were dead tired, or that you were falling asleep at the wheel. So why is it that we should uh, only target drunk people simply because they happen to have some sort of telltale sign uh, that they were drunk? We're leaving out a whole bunch well, of other irresponsible people, aren't we? First of all, I don't think you should target drunk people. As In saying target, you would mean like checkpoints and sobriety. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you're targeting them with the law. You're targeting okay. them by saying, you're a drunk, and we can prove that you're a drunk. No, we can't prove that anybody else is, uh, is impaired in any manner, but we can prove it on you guys. And so you're essentially uh, making the drunks, uh, you're punishing them while everybody else gets off scot-free. Everybody else who's that, irresponsible gets off scot-free. I would say that if you can prove that somebody is doing something irresponsible or um, that somebody is is being negligent um, by putting others at risk or putting themselves at risk, driving down the road tired or um, fidgeting with the radio or whatever. If you can if you can prove it, then by all means. My problem is you can't prove level it. Of punishment, but you can't but prove that's, that's it. That's the point. You, you, in most 99.999% of the cases, you can't prove it. And the world is full of inconsistencies. Why can't... Well, okay, so then you are admitting that you want to punish drunk people more than anybody else. Why can't we just make it so people no, are liable for the damage to. they cause and on, let on, that be the only punishment, where, they're just, where they just have to make good and maybe a percentage over top of that, regardless of uh, what the reason was for the crash? Even a drunk person is going to maybe learn over time that they shouldn't be getting behind the wheel, especially when insurance companies stop um, wanting to yeah. provide insurance for them after it's a certain point. It's, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous to me to say that um, the pers- a person who had a uh, petite mall seizure um, while they were driving along the first in their life and caused an accident and perhaps killed somebody is just as culpably negligent as somebody who ran down a freaking minivan. You, minivan. I mean, you it cause doesn't an accident. matter. There's also, hold on. There, there's also a, a difference between premeditated murder mm-hmm. and manslaughter. He's and he's not making between... any kind of designation, though. He's saying whatever is damaged in the real world, be it you, bodies or, or, or property, is the only thing that you're responsible for. And I say that I'm the saying... intent matters. Jason, thanks for the call. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. That is the toll-free number, and you can take control of the airwaves. It's a hot topic here. Uh, we got uh, Mark, Rob, Cave on the way. Cave actually wants to talk about silent demonstrations and your calls about anything. You take control of the airwaves. It's easy. 800-259-9231. That is the toll-free number. This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the Packet 8 toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. Enjoy the archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, you can grab an entire year's worth of it right there, front page of the website, for your listening convenience at freetalklive.com. Do you have a child in your life? Be they son, daughter, or sibling, give them financial literacy for Christmas. A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich by Jewel Thornton teaches a child the basics of finance, money management, and real estate investment. It's a great stocking stuffer and will be shipped to you by Christmas. 
Check out A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich at akidsjourney.com. That's akidsjourney.com. And, uh, you know, Jules sent me an email just to point out that only 10% of high school students graduate knowing how money works. <laughs> Can you believe that? That seems like a high number. Yeah, and college students, um, on average... They didn't oh, learn it in high school. No, they, they, high school doesn't teach it. That's right. why you need this book. And uh, college students, on average, have $7,000 in credit card debt. Wow. Uh, really? $7,000. College students? I thought that was like the average American that had $7,000. Maybe the average American has more. You know, the, the banks have learned that it's, very, it's a very good idea to get you enslaved quickly. So they, sure. get, they give them credit cards in high school. Pay and interest them, yeah, they from want age them, 18. Yep. And uh, then parents often will pay off the uh, credit cards if the kids are in such bad shape because they don't want them to be, have a bankruptcy and uh, a default on their credit. And After you get done reading the uh, review copy, I want to take a look at it, see if there's anything I'm missing on this. I can't imagine that you are. You've been very, <laughs> you've been very successful. You're not much of an investor, but you are a great saver. All right, 800-259-9231. Let's go to Dave in New Hampshire. The board op typed his name in his cave. Oops. Dave, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey, guys. What's on your mind, sir? Well, I wanted to update you on a silent demonstration I did a while back that it was kind of near and dear to your heart. Um, the uh, the Manchester uh, bus, uh, the, the, the Transportation Authority attempting to put cameras on buses. Yeah, that's right. I think you went into, what was it, the school board office? Where did you go for that one? Yeah, I went to the school board office and to the Man- Manchester Transportation Authority. They were the two perp- you know attempted perpetrating bureaucracies because mm-hmm. uh, they were going to put them on school buses, too. So uh, anyway, uh, I have some good news to report. First of all, I, I, I open up the union leader one day, and there is a report about me uh, having done a demonstration inside the the, uh, the school district office. It wasn't, it wasn't just a story about me, but it mentioned me. They didn't know who I was. It just said that there there was been opposition to this, you know, <laughs> this this, um, uh, this bus cam thing, and a demonstrator even appeared, you know, in the offices of the you know the school. Wow, uh, you're making a uh, splash. Yeah, I know, and I was just by myself, you know. And uh, and then, uh, higher up in the article is the really important news. They've canceled the plan. Great. So they've shot that down. I don't know if I had anything to do with shooting it down, but it was great to see you. Know, it's great to see yourself in the paper having yeah. not even called any media or anything like that. Well, every, every little bit counts, you know, and uh, who knows? Maybe it was your protest that helped push some people over the edge. Maybe the fact that you went there and there was a little bit of publicity, maybe through NH3.com and that sort of thing, might have activated a couple extra people to write in uh, letters to people. Who knows what uh, what that resulted in? Let's hope so. I did uh, two more today in Concord, and I'll probably call you separately and tell you how those went. Cool. Um, but uh, are you going to the? Uh, just a qu- I know you're busy, and I you I know you hate these questions, but uh, I do like seeing you from time to time. Are you going to the UN flag burn this year? I think I'm going to miss it, but I'm not positive. I haven't checked my schedule yet for for Saturday. Well, we'll I, may, I made it to the last two. Right. That's I why I, I actually may, I think I actually may not make it to this one. Well, we're looking forward to it. It's going to be our first one since we weren't here last year, so we'll uh, we'll let you know how it went if you don't show up. Dave, thanks for the call, man. We appreciate hey, it guys. as always. 800-259-9231. That's going on this weekend here in New Hampshire. It's the, I'm looking forward to it. the third annual UN flag burn. You know what I think is going to be the really the best one um, about this one that didn't happen at the, uh, the, the other two? Mm, what? There's not going to be snow on the ground. <laughs> Well, it could snow between now and then. It could, but it doesn't seem likely. There's snow in the forecast for tomorrow, as Is a matter there? of fact. Oh, yeah. Crap. I don't know if it's going to be as much as last time, but uh, anyway, it should be a lot of fun because we've never been to a U.N. flag burn before. And in fact, I heard they're going to be burning uh, some Connecticut flags as well 
in honor of uh, of Lauren Canario, who we talked about at the beginning, uh, talked about at the beginning of the hour. Let's go back to the phones, back to uh, the amplifier lines, and oh, Mike is gone. Let's try Rob in Georgia. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, Ian, Mark. Hey, um, Rob. Yeah, you know, just talking about this drunk driving thing. I think that Emerson said that a foolish consistency is the hobgoblin of little minds. Or maybe he said, let your shoulder lean. I forget. <laughs> Can you explain but, uh, that quote a little bit? Foolish consistency? A, a foolish consistency is the hobgoblin of little minds. Now, he wasn't really talking about exactly the point that I'm making, but I think that the statement actually applies to it. Then. You think so that, I, that Ian has a hobgoblin in his head? <laughs> yeah, the one who throws pumpkins from Marvel Comics. Um, <laughs> no, but it's like there's a lot of – it's difficult to be – Extremely, because you've been talking about how the market is inconsistent. Logic is a very tricky sort of thing. People all pretty much use logic in the same way, but it's very tricky to get real-life situations and real language into mathematical language so that you can do logical processes on it. Okay. So people use logic to satisfy human desires. They don't use logic to satisfy some sort of mathematical fetish. So I think that you may be being a little bit too hard on him there because you could look at your position, in fact, as being somewhat inconsistent. Tell me this. Do you think that there is a difference between a person in their own home uh, dropping a gun, it discharges, it kills a neighbor, and a person who aims that gun out of their window and shoots that neighbor dead? You're asking Mark? No, he's asking you. you oh, is there a difference? There a difference? How they should be treated. Is, should there be any difference in terms of what outsiders do? Hmm. Yeah, I certainly see what you're what you're saying. Of course, the drunk uh, is not intending to kill anybody. That's not the question, though. Exactly, and, and that, that's not my point in this case. The, but what my point is that everyone, the only crimes which anyone really believes are to be punished are, in fact, thought crimes. Everything else, people pretty much believe is restitution. Punishment is reserved for thought crimes, really, if you want to look right down. And that's awesome and deep. I hadn't really thought of it, but that it really does come down to that because it comes to criminal intent. And then um, beneath that is is uh, criminal culpability, like criminal negligence. Mm-hmm. And then beneath that is just accidentally doing something wrong. Exactly. Human justice is always encompassed basically two aspects. And if you sway too much on either side, I believe you're going to get into some serious problems with satisfying people. You you have the side of restitution, making people whole. You have the side of punishment for bad deeds. Now, if you sway too much to one side or the other, then I think you're going to have some major league problems. One, you know, you're going to either going to have some sort of roboticized society. I can't even imagine how people could really function, mm-hmm. or you're going to have what is a lot more common: a whole bunch of slaughter. Well, <laughs> I just, uh, I just, do you understand where I'm coming from with this inconsistency yes. of punishing alcoholics because we can prove that they're drunk, but yet everybody well, else just gets a slap on the hand? I mean, what's that I all about? I understand where you're coming from, but I think that you may be, you may be falling in the trap here, Ian. Of being uh, of doing what uh, I think Thomas Sowell called it, the search for cosmic justice, and because you can't you can't punish every wrong thing. You can only act on the things which for which you have evidence and mm-hmm. for things which you can prove. The things which you do not have evidence for, you don't have any sort of basis for action. Those things just happen. I mean, you just you don't have any choice. That's a human condition. So why so, can't we give the alcoholics a break? That's all I'm asking. I mean, they well, make mistakes I mean, too. I think that well, and I think I think that I think that you can you can certainly give them a. I don't I don't I'm not one of those people who believes as Marx is that you know you kind of draw that line in the sand and if you got this number it goes. I think that is one of the areas where judges come to account because the conditions under which someone got drunk 
really kind of goes to show their, their mental state. If someone were somewhat young, going out with friends, had never really drank, drank before, were given a few drinks, thought that they felt okay, drove home, they might still be over to that limit, but I don't think their intent would be the same as somebody who knows they're going to go there, get trashed, knows they're going to drive back drunk, figures that most of the time the road is deserted, but just this time it happens to be somebody who's walking along and they swerve off. Because they know that they're putting people in danger. They don't think they're going to get this. Robert, get I, for, I know I that yeah. um, when it comes down, you know, I know it comes down to it that having a judge in place and having that human element um, to make a decision can be really valuable at times. At the same time, there are judges that are called hanging judges for a reason. These people yeah. are unreasonable and want to give out a whole bunch of time. So I don't want that person in charge of my case. Robert, thanks for the call. We appreciate it, man. 800-259-9231. So even you aren't satisfied with the system. It doesn't seem like anybody's satisfied with the system we have. I think that we ought to have is just simply uh, insurance companies, reputation ratings. And if somebody's caught driving drunk, then their reputation rating suffers worse than it normally would. More on the way. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's 1-800-259-9231, the Packet 8 toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free, though we do ask that you voluntarily support the show by buying some stuff from us at store.freetalklive.com. The Free Talk Live branded merchandise is in... And I must sh- I must say it nice. is very sharp. Yeah, looks good. It looks good on you, and uh, and it it is very um, yellow and black like mm-hmm. our logo colors are. And why? What else would it be? Right? Very, We're uh, yellow and we do yellow and black. Yellow and black, high contrast. You're going to stand out. Uh, your bumper sticker. I, I, we put a bumper sticker on our new vehicle up here in New Hampshire. I haven't gotten mine on yet. I'm going to wait till I wash my car. We've already gotten compliments from people on it, uh, just because it's it is just, a good looking bumper. It's just so outstanding. So you can go and buy some stuff at store.freetalklive.com. T-shirts, hats, the free marketeer flag, um, and more, all at store.freetalklive.com. And the, the, the store is cool because not only can you buy stuff, but there's also um, a, there's a forum on our bulletin board system where you can put in suggestions. So if you, see, if you don't see a product that you would like to see, suggest it. In fact, I think some of the products that we're going to have coming up in 2007, which I'm pretty excited about, are a uh, Free Talk Live logo hoodie. Because people are demanding those. It's mm-hmm. cold in a lot of places where our listeners live. And uh, also a Free Talk Live baby doll, as they call it, T-shirt. A more feminine fit style T-shirt. Right. So I know our lady listeners have been asking for that. We're going to come out with that. And I, I think we're considering taking the Free Marketeer flag design and putting it on a T-shirt as well, upcoming in uh, 2007. So that's all on the way. How about a Free Lauren Canario T-shirt with a Free Talk Live symbol beneath it? Well, you know, that's a good idea, but it's limited it time. Out of I mean, it's yeah, it depends yeah. on how long she's in. Uh, hopefully that won't be much longer. So, store.freetalklive.com, buy some stuff, Free Talk Live. And 800-259-9231 is our toll-free number. Let's go to the amplifier line and talk to Sam in Scotland. Hello, Sam. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on I'm your mind? I'm wondering if either of you saw the CNN interview with the Nobel Peace Prize winner for this year, Mohammed Giannis, I believe. I'm, I'm, not, a, I'm not aware of this. Uh, why should we have seen it? Oh, it's excellent. He really had some interesting views that really line up with, with libertarians. Is this the uh, uh, bank guy? Did. Hold on. Is this the guy? I have a bank for the poor um, exactly. from the Pakistan. I actually, believe it or not, I did see this. And how was it? Um, I didn't watch it thoroughly. So, you know, I happened to be in the room when it was playing. I watched it, but I didn't watch it terribly thoroughly. He did not keep my interest. 
couple things I wanted to point out that he mentioned that I thought were great. Sure. Uh, one of which he talked about, you know, the World Bank, which is really he, he's not a big fan of because they they put poor money into the country. In this case, it was India, but they give it to you know some billionaire who hires a company, say, to build a bridge, mm-hmm. but it's not a local company. So they come and they build the bridge, they leave, and none of the money stays with the people in India. The billionaire gets richer, and the company from you know another country makes money, but. It doesn't really benefit the people of India. You mean, wait a and minute, you mean to case, tell me that the World Bank, a international bureaucracy, will actually play politics and hire people that they like and give them money instead of actually helping uh, the poor? Hard to believe, isn't it? Yeah, right? <laughs> no wonder <laughs> I'm so jaded. The interviewer touched on that I thought was really good was after a tsunami, he totally switched his practice from loaning people money to providing food. But the other thing that he did was he actually charged people for the food. And the interviewer said, well, you know, isn't that just against everything that I believe in? Or he, he thought it was just really kind of a horrible, aren't you just mean, greedy banker? Mm-hmm. And he, his rebuttal was to say that, well, no, because when people are borrowing, they only take what they need. Whereas if we were giving it away for free, they would take as much as they can get. Mm, excellent yeah. point. Did he sell it at, like, cost or reduced rate? You know, uh, I didn't mention that, hmm. but he did talk about how you know the people pay it back, and it it was just an amazing thing to really see that in the mainstream. Was he loaning them food? Uh, so he was selling and loaning food. Was that well, the idea? Well, he was um, lending them money to, in order to get food, right? Oh, I see. Or is that right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, makes but, sense. But he was also, I think, he was bringing in food, and then maybe probably charging it pretty close to cost. But and his whole idea is. You know, he would loan anywhere from $10 to a few hundred dollars so that people could buy a cow that would produce milk that they could sell or yeah. buy a sewing machine that they could sew clothes. So encouraging people to be chicken. self-sufficient, the old teach a man to fish, he'll, uh, fish for, he'll have food for a lifetime instead of just handing exactly. out the fish. And Great. And now that the other banks have seen that it's successful, they're coming in and trying to do the same thing because, you know, the world's poor make up a huge percentage of the population on the planet. Sure. I think that's fantastic. Thank you for alerting us to that. We were. What was his name again? Uh, Mohammed Yanis, I believe, and the interview was a CNN exclusive that they did uh, from Sweden, where the awards were given. I'm sure somebody will dig it up, uh, maybe a YouTube copy or something like that, and put it on our PBS so people can see it. Thank you for the call. We really appreciate hearing from you, Sam. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. All the way from Scotland. Let's go to John in California. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. John in California. Going once. John in California? Do we have John? Is this John? This is John. John, you're okay. on the air. What's on your mind? How old are you guys? Uh, Well, I'm 25, 6, 26. How old am I? 26. <laughs> I'm 74. <laughs> no, it's good to hear you guys uh, young. and I'm uh, 30, young and 35, of, uh, so you know. What, and vinegar. Uh, what, I, what I called for was... Uh, <clears throat> To uh, on your Free State project, I know this this started about uh, three or four years ago, didn't it? Yeah, the Free State project was founded in uh, I think it was late 2001 was when Jason Sorens originally threw out the idea on what I believe was an internet uh, discussion forum, and I think a few other people saw thought it was a great idea. They they encouraged him to follow through with it, and uh, yes, the Free State project was born at as at this point probably about five years ago. What uh, now? I know that uh, that. Uh, 
Wyoming wasn't Wyoming uh, one of the one of the last states uh, other than New Hampshire that uh, was considered for. Uh, Wyoming was the number two state. state. Uh, there were ten. I was wondering what happened. How come? How come they didn't pick Wyoming? Uh, there were ten states in the running, and uh, essentially what happened was um, when the Free State Project reached five thousand members, they had a vote, and all five thousand of the members were then eligible to cast their vote in a Condorcet uh, or Condorcet. I'm not sure how you pronounce it. Method where you rank the states by preference, and uh, so when you saw the results, you could see what people's preferences were, essentially. And uh, New Hampshire won far and above. Uh, really? There was It was a decent percentage above Wyoming. But Wyoming was solidly the number two, uh, the, the, the runner-up. Yeah. Why did New Hampshire win? Uh, well, maybe because uh, people what just... What was it based on, politics? Uh, i, I got to uh... say that it was based on uh, the New Hampshire people doing a tremendous job of selling their state. What they did was, when they sent out the voting ballots... They had sent out, uh, they also sent out a, um, I don't know, 15-page booklet with information from people who were sort of rallying for each state, because each state had its set of supporters, as you might imagine. And um, so the people had done some research and posted some facts on their page, because each state had a page or two that they could post their information to, to try to persuade people to vote for their state. Yep. And uh, the, the New Hampshire people did a tremendous job at persuading people to vote for them. Of course, you know, live free or die, uh, there's no state income tax, there's no state sales tax, uh, there's all kinds of re- reasons. In fact, they preserved these reasons on the Free State Project website that's called the 101 Reasons to move to New Hampshire, join the Free State Project and move to New Hampshire. And they are very, very persuasive. I invite you to go and how take they, a look at how that. Do they fund the, how, do you, how do they fund their services if there's no income tax uh, and uh, sales tax? It's an absurdly large property tax, though in, yeah, some places, in some places in the state, the property taxes are actually fairly reasonable. The place we live in happens to be one of the heaviest ones in Keene. Uh, but yes, that's that is your, the answer to your question. There are a few other taxes, and as they call them, fees in the state. Like there's an eight percent tax on meals. So these are some things that we've got to get rid of. We've got to work on. We certainly have our work cut out for us. It is not the free state yet, uh, but is certainly one of the most libertarian-minded states. Uh, we continue to be surprised, I think, Mark, as we sort of interact with more people around the area here. Continue to be shocked and and awed at the mindset, the uh, liberty mindset of just the average person in New Hampshire. It's amazing. It's surprising. They're, they uh, they take to it um, more than... Well, we're out here in California. We're moving uh, to Wyoming in about two years. I'm just waiting for the wife to uh, retire. And, uh, I see. We're going to get out of here. It's just uh, it's too much. So you're going uh, as part of the Free State Wyoming movement? Well, maybe. <laughs> well, there is a movement. There's like a, a break-off. Oh, there's still a movement? There's a there's sort of a splinter group of people that did not want to move east, and uh, so they sort of formed their uh, Free State Wyoming group, and I think they've got like a hundred members or something like that. And I you know I wish them the best of luck. I think they're going to have a tough time competing with the Free State Project. Uh, I don't think they have a radio show behind them or anything else like that. Well, but they're out there trying. Wyoming, it's I think the seventh largest state, and there's only four hundred. 450 some odd thousand people to live there. Yeah, well, that's one of the. I think that's one of the, the negative. Only negative I can know about Wyoming is uh, that's where Cheney's from, but uh, most of the people I talk to hate his guts. So I see where you're coming from on that, and uh, I think one of the points that that hurt Wyoming is that it was so large. Uh, you right. can still get desolation. You can still get rural living lots of places in New Hampshire, but it's easy to drive from one end to the state of the other, and that's conducive to more activism. Thanks for the call, man. We appreciate it. Good luck in Wyoming. 800-259-9231. I like being able to drive across the state in two hours. More on the way. Hour two coming up. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. 
For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and we're kicking off Hour 2 of the Tuesday edition. You can take control of the airwaves. Toll free at 800-259-9231. That's the Packet 8 toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all of the features you'll find there because they're totally free. Those other radio talk show hosts want to charge you for access to their sites. We do it for free, freetalklive.com. Well, I have got some pretty frightening news, Mark, uh, for anybody who runs a website. And I know a number of our listeners are involved in websites, and uh, people, you're close to a, a website that is uh, being run here for Free Talk Live, and I think that people should just be paying attention, even though they aren't running websites, uh, to what the government is proposing here. The government in the form of Senator John McCain. You know that freedom fighter guy? Yeah. He's supposedly so... So many libertarians like this guy? Right, he's such a lover of freedom. Well, get this. The legislation... Drafted by Senator John McCain and obtained by CNETnews.com, as uh, their very libertarian-minded Declan McCullough reports, millions of commercial websites and personal blogs. There's a lot of bloggers out there, too. I guess I didn't even think of that. Um, So if you maintain content online, this could affect you. Millions of them would be required to report illegal images or videos posted by their users or... Pay fines of up to $300,000 if a new proposal in the U.S. Senate comes into law. Now, it's not law yet, but this is going to show you the mindset of this, let's get the citizens to enforce our law mentality. And if the citizens won't enforce, read, rat, snitch, then we'll punish them. That's what's going on here. The legislation would also require websites that offer user profiles to delete pages posted by sex offenders. In a speech on the Senate floor Wednesday, the Hold on. Ar- now they have to, they have to know how are you going to know whether somebody's a sex offender or not? You have to know these things, Mark, as right. a website operator. We're trying to protect children here. You don't care about kids. Well, why don't you tell me who the sex offenders are on my site? Why well, should I have to know? There's going to be some sort of database that they're going to want to t- tie you into. We'll get into that. Uh, in a speech on the Senate floor Wednesday, the Arizona Republican and former presidential candidate warned that technology has contributed to the greater distribution and availability and, some believe, desire for child pornography. McCain scored a 31 of 100 points on a News.com election guide scoring technology-related votes. After child pornography or some forms of obscenity... Are, foreign, uh, are found and reported. So not only are website operators going to be asked to monitor their websites for child porn, which, mm-hmm. you know, you could probably see that and, and figure out what it is, at least some people, but not only child porn, but also so-called obscenity. Now, if we go back in time a little bit here, a couple months, uh, a few months past in this, in this year, and we look at some of the obscenity cases... We find that obscenity, according to the federal government, could be uh, could mean somebody spanking someone with a whip during sex, um, something you know hardcore like that. There have been obscenity cases that have uh, prosecuted porn producers for producing, you know, porn that's not in the mainstream, porn that sort of caters to a more violent aspect. 
but nonetheless, it's still porn that is created by people doing it on a voluntary basis. It's in not some like cases, a snuff film. In some cases, it doesn't even have to do with pictures, right? Wasn't the, wasn't the one gal's just descriptions? Yeah, there was a chick's uh, site, that, uh, like a sex story site or something that was shut down, yeah. Yeah. Just, In, involving uh, children or something. Yeah, talking about having sex with kids. I, I, would, and I would agree that it's uh, gross, I would, but I wouldn't agree that we should be putting these people in jail. McLean's proposal, or McCain's pro- proposal, called the Stop Online Exploitation of Our Children Act. Right, it's got... Got the children in it, Mark. Do you think this one's going to pass? Well, you've got to put the children um, there. We all know how many uh, legislators actually read the laws that they pass. Mm, Probably next to none. Yeah. But they do read the titles. And the titles are good. That's good. That's good. So it requires that reports be submitted to the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, which will then in turn forward them to the relevant police agency. Uh, Internet service providers already must follow those reporting requirements. But McCain's proposal is liable to be controversial because it levies the same regulatory scheme and even stiffer penalties on even individual bloggers who offer discussion areas on their websites. Because when you go to a blog, at least 99% of them have comment areas. So Mm -hmm. when a, a blog entry is posted, there's a comments button. And anybody can post whatever they want in most cases, on that comments button. And if the blog owner isn't monitoring every single comment that comes onto his blog, and if it's a popular blog, how could you? I can't monitor every post that goes on our bulletin board system. There's 1,300 people there, and I'm just me. How am I supposed to know what they're posting on there? Yeah, I, I, I specifically you, you disclaim all day. That. Yeah, I specifically, we specifically disclaim responsibility from uh, individuals' posts. You post it, it's your responsibility. As well, it should be. Well, that's not how it's going to be if this law goes through. If the law goes through, blog owners, website owners, operators going to be responsible um, for not snitching out their users. Quote, I'm concerned that there's a slippery slope here, said Kevin Bankston, an attorney with the Electronic Frontier Foundation in San Francisco. Quote, once you start creating categories of industries that must report suspicious or criminal behavior, when does that stop? That's an excellent question. It's kind of a chilling precedent, isn't it? The idea that uh, people, uh, business owners, or um, people providing a service are being recruited to be snitches for the federal government. I think that's a little disturbing, and I think it's really uh, bothersome that this is already going on on the Internet service provider level. So this law, there's a similar law already in place for ISPs. Now we're just talking about making it for everyone who has ever published content that is commentable or postable online. You know... Once a government gets to the point where it's legislating snitching, I don't have a problem with people reporting something that's uh, wrong to the authorities. I don't. Somebody gets shot out in front of your house? I have no problem. I understand that. Yeah. yeah like, somebody... that's, what I, that's what the authorities are for. But once they say you are somehow responsible and going to be punished if you don't tell every little thing that your neighbor or your friend, or your business associate, or somebody you don't even know but you happen to witness is doing, especially when there's no victim in that crime, that's weird Russian kind of thing. You know, I mean, that's Hitlerian, Orwellian. It's what my mother described to me as the Soviet Union when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the kind of bad stuff that that I imagined. I imagined it was dirty. I imagined soup lines, people waiting for food. And we're to the point where... people snitching on each other. Right. And we're to the point where this is happening in the United States, and this guy is talking about 
proposing a, is proposing a law like this and is probably getting backing for it right out in the open. The tyranny is right out in the open in the United States, and people just are completely blissful towards it. And they just don't even look at it. They don't care. According to the proposed legislation, these types of individuals or businesses would be required to file reports. Any website with a message board, Free Talk Live, any chat room, any social networking site, MySpace, Facebook, all of these websites that allow you to uh, contact other people within the uh, social network, post your uh, pictures online, everybody knows about MySpace, any email service, any instant messaging service, any internet content hosting service, any domain name registration service, any internet search service, any electronic communication service, and any image or video sharing service. Wow. That pretty much covers everything, doesn't it? Yeah, anywhere where you could, uh, where a user could post content. Essentially anywhere where somebody on the Internet can post their opinion, post a link to a picture, post a video, whatever, you are responsible to snitching out your users to the federal government. Kate Dean of the U.S. Internet Service Provider Association said her members appreciated McCain's efforts to rewrite the current procedures for reporting illegal images, which are currently less than clear. Oh, thank you, Mr. McCain. Thank you for making your laws more clear so we can understand them and obediently follow them. It's, it's, nice, to, it's nice to have clear laws. McCain's proposal comes as concern about protecting children online has reached nearly a fever pitch in Washington. Attorney General Alberto Gonzalez gave two speeches recently on the topic, including one Friday in which he said, quote, we must do all that we can to protect our children from these cowardly villains who hide in the shadows of the Internet. 1-800-259-9231. Are you ready to be a snitch for the federal government? How do you feel about this? 800-259-9231. You think it's a good idea? Are we going to protect children? Is this going to result in the abolishment of pornography from the Internet? More's on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. And you can take control of the airwaves. Toll free, 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. That is the Packet 8 toll free line for you. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free, and that includes the wiki. W-I-K-I wiki dot freetalklive.com. There's over 900 pages created by listeners like you. In fact, the wiki is something else that could put us in jeopardy from this new law that John McCain is proposing. We'll get back into that in a moment, but you should check it out because it's a lot of fun. It's like the listener, uh, the listener editable version of our website at wiki.freetalklive.com. And let 1-800-Flowers help you celebrate the holidays with a beautiful floral arrangement or centerpiece delivered same day, any day. And you won't even break the bank this year. They offer flowers and gifts from 1999. You really can't beat that. For, for flowers? You can't. You you, uh, you can't. It would be a small, it'd probably a smaller arrangement, but uh, it, to get it delivered the same day and to get flowers where you need to get them, Plus, that's pretty good. you mentioned code FTL when you place your order, and you'll get 10% off. Call, click, or come in, 1-800-Flowers.com, your florist of choice for the holidays and every day. So, we're talking about a very frightening law that is being proposed and, in my opinion, has a real good chance of passing. I mean, if you look at what this article, if this article is correct, and CNET's a pretty uh, reputable source, Declan McCullough reporting on this, very kind of libertarian-minded author, enjoy his stuff. 
he points out that the there is a law already on the books requiring internet service providers to snitch out if they come across the information that say let's say um for instance you start up a website and you put some obscene pictures on it and someone rats you out to the internet service provider then they become aware of you it's then apparently their responsibility to snitch you out as the person who have put up those pictures um to the federal government so a similar law already exists on a smaller scale and this one's been named the protecting uh let's see where is it uh, stop the online exploitation of our children act so i mean who could what politician who cares about the children could say no to this but you know that this this law this bill is going to be 700 pages long mm-hmm. and it's going to be accompanied uh, they're going to be voting on it amongst a hundred other bills that are 700 pages long. These people are not going to read what it is that they are um, voting for. They're just going to read the title. And the title sounds so fabulous, but it has nothing to do with that. It really just has to do with pushing their agenda. So, Mr. McCain, uh, again, proposing this law, just to recap, that is going to make it so. If you have a blog... If you have a website where users can post content, which is where the, uh, by the way, that's where the Internet's going. Now, back in the late 1990s, there were a few message boards here and there, but most websites were kind of just like informational pages about businesses. And nowadays, um, as we move into uh, the sort of convergence of the web where people can uh, interact on other people's websites, there's blog post comments, there's social networking sites, as the article points out, even uh, websites like Amazon could come under this particular legislation because you can post reviews on Amazon. You can post wow. user content. So virtually any website that's out there where an individual can post their opinions becomes subject to this law that's going to mandate that the website operator or the blog poster will be liable for up to $300,000 in fines if he or she, the operator, does not report suspicious posts by perverts on their I mean, website. $300,000 is essentially going to just ruin the vast majority of Americans. 90% of Americans are just put under. Yeah, probably if, 99% of people with a website or, or blog would be yeah, screwed. You know, and it just doesn't... $300,000, my God. It's really st- really disturbing. It's more of this snitch society, this concept that uh, is, is very popular in the United States at this time. Well, here's more information on it for you. Again, Alberto Gonzalez, the attorney general, gave two speeches recently, one of them where he said, We must do all that we can to protect our children from these cowardly villains who hide in the shadows of the Internet. As though somehow a pervert posting a, a picture on a website somewhere is putting children in danger. I don't I mean it's a total disconnect. Like your kids if they're online are not in danger from anybody. What puts your kids in danger is when they're 14 and they get a you know get on a social networking site and mm-hmm. talk to some pervert who wants them to come over to their house and have some beers and have some sex. That puts your kids in danger. But a coming across a picture on the internet mm, while some parents might think that that's bad and that they don't want their kids to do that sort of thing, it should be their responsibility to protect their kids from that sort of uh, I, exposure. I would agree that it's not a good thing, absolutely. But, you know, when you just let your kid just go willy-nilly on the Internet and do whatever he wants, hey, there, <coughs> excuse me, there's some awful, disgusting stuff on the Internet. Yeah. And 
if you just let your kid and just um, do whatever he wants on there and you expect me, the government, to watch over your kid, you're not doing a very good job of parenting. The Internet uh, has long been sort of one of the freest places in the world, right, Mark? I mean, up until recently, you can post virtually anything that you want uh, and virtually anyone in the world can access it. And that was the, the wonderful thing about the Internet, this unfettered access to information, the information age has been spawned as a result of the Internet. And I think it's fantastic. It's done so much for us. It's brought uh, information to our fingertips. I I mean, nowadays, we're so used to Google, and we're so used to having that information, we feel crippled when it's taken away from us. But that's what they're talking about doing. They're talking about eliminating the freedom that exists on the Internet. That's what they're doing. In the name of the children, of course, eliminating it's the freedom. It's always in the name of the children. On the internet, these these bureaucrats and elected officials in Washington D.C. have success are successfully, and if this passes, even more so, are successfully completely eliminating that freedom from the internet. They are turning the internet into a controlled zone, where if something violates the law. The individual whose website it is that the law-violating content is on is going to get in trouble for it. And there's more, Mark. There's another section of McCain's legislation that targets convicted sex offenders. It would create a federal registry of, quote, any email address, instant message address, or other similar Internet identifier they use and punish sex offenders with up to 10 years in prison if they don't supply it. So when you um, get out of prison for being a sex offender, Mm -hmm. you have to give them your Internet handles your email addresses, <laughs> and if they're, I guess if they find you online using a handle later and you hadn't told the government about that handle, like your little instant message name, right? Uh, then you'll get 10 more years in prison for that. Oh, my God. Ten, oh, 10 more if you were doing something illegal or just it's, if it's they, a second-degree felony not to tell the cannot, cops um, what your Internet handles are? Yes, you must tell the cops what your Internet handles are, if, your email addresses. If you're addresses. A, sex, a convicted sex offender. Correct. That is insane. Then any social networking site must take, quote, effective measures to remove any web page that's associated with a sex offender. So because social networking site in the law isn't defined, it could encompass far more than just MySpace, Friendster, and similar sites. It could include Slashdot, which permits public profiles, Amazon, which permits author profiles and personal lists, and blogs like RedState.com that show public profiles. In addition, media companies like CNET's uh, networks permit users to create uh, profiles of favorite games, gadgets, and music. Quote, this constitutionally dubious proposal is being made apparently mostly based on fear or political considerations rather than the facts, says the EFF uh, expert. Studies by the National Center of Missing and Exploited Children show that online sexual solicitation of minors has dropped in the past five years, despite the growth of social networking services. We'll come back with more. You take control of the airwaves. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231, the Packet 8 toll-free line for you. For all your voiceover IP needs, packet8.net. 1-800-259-9231. 1-800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. There's all kinds of great stuff on the site, and it is totally free, including live streams. There's a broadband version of the show there, as well as a dial-up version for your listening convenience. Two sizes 
should fit virtually anybody with an internet connection. So head over to freetalklive.com and enjoy the live streams. Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project's First 1000 Pledge. Are you just going to talk about freedom or are you going to start living it now? Learn how the First 1000 Pledge can make it happen today at freestateproject.org. That is freestateproject.org, though you have like three weeks left to become a part of the First 1000 Pledge. And I encourage you to seriously uh, give it some major consideration because it can really make a difference for liberty in our lifetime. I, you know, I'd say that it's our only, only hope. FreeStateProject.org, uh, to the phones we go, talking about a very, very scary piece of legislation that is uh, being introduced by John McCain, that freedom fighter. He wants to make it so if you have a website or a blog, and what I would say probably a few million Americans probably have blogs at this point. Um, a few million? I'd say probably a few million Americans do. I don't know if they do anything with them, but yeah, It maybe. doesn't mean there are a lot of people reading them, but they're out there. No. They, uh, they Each of them have a couple of friends. They're going to make it so that if someone posts something obscene on your blog, then you have to report it to the feds. If you don't, you're going to get slapped with up to $300,000 in fines. Mm. Also, websites will be required to uh, exclude sex offenders from their user lists. There's all kinds of just insane requirements here. Essentially, again, turning Americans into snitches. Not even paid snitches, but snitches threatened with force. Like, yep. if you don't snitch, you're going to get in trouble. Cowed into submission. This is not the America that I want to live in. Look, I don't want to put kids in danger or anything like that, but kids aren't being put in danger by the existence of porn on the Internet. And the statistics show that kids are in less danger than they were five years ago on the Internet. Let's go to Robert in California. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Oh, well, uh, John McCain. That's Senator John McCain, right? That's correct. And that's the guy who's got you know a, a state where he can actually walk around with a gun if you need? I don't know where he, he comes be? from. I'm not sure. Isn't it Arizona? Arizona? Yeah, okay. Okay, yeah, then it's like a, a, you pretty much you can actually strap a gun to your hip, and he's worried about the Internet. Um, but anyway. Well, you can strap a gun to your hip here in New Hampshire, and that's not a, there's not a problem with that. But I'm saying it's, it's, it sounds like just another bad law. Like, uh, my parental controls are just this. Either, you know, uh, they, they have parental controls out there where you can restrict the kid's access, and then also you have to use your own judgment on, on, on your kid's um, own intelligence. Oh, but Robert, so. you're talking sense. You, you have to understand this is a uh, this is a good law for John McCain because it's going to allow him to get up behind podiums when he's running for re-election and say, "I protected the children. I was the one who sponsored the Stop the Online Exploitation of Our Children Act. You should re-elect me." Here, here, take a look at this child. It's true. <laughs> yeah. I saved this child here. So, for John McCain, this is a good law. For everyone else in America and for our freedom, not so much. I, I keep forgetting that, you know, when we talk about politicians, we talk about people who actually complicate and make our lives impractical. I'm sorry. Yeah. They try their best. <laughs> Any other thoughts for us, Robert? No, not tonight, guys. Thanks, I dude. Have a nice Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. Let's go to David in Montana, listening on KGEZ. Hello, David. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Howdy, guys. Hey, dude. What's uh, on hey. your mind? You'll be able to get set up real easy, right? So it's going to make people scared to use the Internet, right? The, the new wealth being created by the Internet scares the, the old world money. Because That's true. there's like, like a whole new vein of billions of dollars to be made. So right. just like when uh, 
the electric was invented and uh in the Westinghouse and Edison they were battling and everything you know they made it look like it, this electric will kill you you know this is you have to look at the big picture it ain't really they're using the kids again as as a, a spearhead it's only to this is old world money afraid of a great new potential of wealth. It's an interesting yeah. idea. You're essentially saying that this is going to scare some people away, and right. and for I can understand. Right, business or create companies to do it for you from the old world money, so that they could keep control of it. You'll watch. Now there'll be companies that will say, here. Let us do your internet stuff. We'll, we'll you. monitor so your content you for you. You won't be able to get put set up. You know I don't know. I, mean? I think I see where you're coming from, David, but I don't know how familiar you are, uh, familiar you are with the internet. No, but... I'm not. I'm, I'm computer illiterate. Okay, well, I, let me jump in. I let me let stay, me correct you on something. I just want to stay stay away from it because this thing, just like they used to say about the car, it's the devil's wagon. Oh, that's yeah, silly. That's... The internet's a wonderful thing, and there's so well, many great things is, that have come is, from it. It creates great wealth, and it keeps everybody in tr- in in touch with each other, and that's why they're doing it. Right. They do what de- they definitely want to put a chill on freedom of speech on the internet, and it is very chilling what they're talking about doing. But yeah, I just want to correct is. you on something so you can understand about the internet. It's so intricate. There's so much there. Uh, I see where you're coming from, the idea about companies monitoring things. That might be possible in some instances, but the content, even on, on Free Talk Live's bulletin board system with the 1,300 users, is nigh, uh, nigh impossible to fully monitor. Well, then they're going to do it to set people up. Then there'll be a whole bunch of people being busted, and it's going to sure. scare people away from it. And yep. they won't use it, and they put them right out of Well, it, yeah, you're absolutely right. And, David, thank you for the call. We appreciate it at 800-259-9231. And here's why he's right. For instance, let's say, Mark, you go ahead and set up uh, Mark's blog, and right. uh, they somebody doesn't like you. Let's say you're, for instance, going to be running for political office here. I, you know, the, the fact is uh, that somebody's bound to not like me because I have some pretty crappy uh, political views as far as uh, the politicians go. Right, so somebody doesn't like you, and uh, there's this new law that uh, John McCain has passed that requires that you, as a blog operator or website operator, report any obscene content to the federal government. Now, I don't know what the reporting requirements are going to be, but I can imagine it will involve a form. You know, it's the government. I'm not really going on a limb on that one. They do love forms. So let's presume there's just a simple one-page form that you have to fill out. Uh, Maybe it's even an online form you can fill out and and send into the National Center for Exploited Children or whatever. You will have to know the definition of what is obscene, because if it turns out that you missed something that's obscene, and again... Now they're expanding the definition of obscene to include all sorts of things uh, that you and I might not necessarily think are obscene. So if it's going to be one of those things, when in doubt, report it, basically, yeah. because you don't want to get slapped sure. with a $300,000 fine. That's so why they write them this way. Somebody who doesn't like you may um, go through an anonymizing service, anonymize their IP address, and post a picture of something obscene. Maybe something bad, like child pornography on your blog, which, of course, you will delete um, if you spot it. And then you're going to have to fill out that report form, because if it was somebody who uh, was like essentially running a sting operation on you, as Dave was suggesting, to make sure that you're reporting the, the appropriate things to the authorities during your campaign for public office, they could post this from this anonymous location. And if you don't fill out that report, they have the fact that they posted that uh, obscene information and you, as a good little citizen, did not report it. Hence, you get slapped at the $300,000 fine. Well, How long are you going to continue operating your blog after that? N- you're not. I'm, I'm not. I mean, why would, I, why would I? As a matter of fact, why would I uh, even have a blog if that could happen to me? Yep. Most people have blogs 
and they just kind of drift away from the blog. Mm-hmm. Well, what happens if I'm a uh, you know subscriber to your blog and you've sort of drifted away from it, and I put something on your blog as a comment mm-hmm. that's obscene. That's obscene, and you just never even go back. I guess you'd still be responsible. I mean, I, I don't have any blogs. I guess you would. Right. I, I don't have any blogs, but I do have old email addresses that, mm-hmm. if I remember, once every quarter or so, I'll go back and check just to you know sift through all the spam and sure. um, see if anything worthwhile is uh, is in there. And you know, one time I got an email from a friend, and that's the reason I continue to go back. Right? Yeah, I understand. So uh, you know, there's probably people out there that have blogs that just. Don't use them anymore. Imagine uh, if you have a popular website um, that people are coming into. Not suggesting your blog wouldn't be popular. <laughs> yeah, but, right. But imagine like if, all the other blogs are popular. Yeah, imagine if you had a popular website where people uh, just on a regular basis, not knowing any better um, and not really having necessarily any punishment that can come to them. It's the punishment that comes from the to the web operator mm-hmm. posting obscenities, uh, so-called obscenity on your site. And you're spending, what, half an hour a day filling out these papers? A half an hour a day filling out forms? Yeah. How long are you going to want to put up with that crap? You're That's not being great. compensated. You are being a slave enforcer for the government at the behest of the feds. This is outrageous. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You bring up anything. Toll-free number 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8 toll-free line. one 800 259-9231. Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. We ask that you support the show by voting for us over at vote.freetalklive.com. We are currently ranked, I think, the number three. We jumped up to number one for a little while, and we're then uh, surpassed yet again. So dropping down to number three in the world in the podcast rankings. But we need your vote. If you've yet to do it in the month of December, it's only a once-a-month thing that we're asking for here. So head over to vote.freetalklive.com. And then once you're done voting, because it only takes you a moment, then ask a few friends to vote. Maybe send out a few instant messages or a few emails to uh, reliable friends and family member who will uh, take a moment and vote for the show as well. Because it makes a difference. Us being in the top ten, and the higher we are in the top ten, the more listeners, the more internet listeners we will receive. And that means more people discovering freedom and liberty. It's a good thing. Really, please, please. Vote.freetalklive.com. Well, speaking of the internet, uh, it's under attack by a man named John McCain and his little uh, bill that he's proposing called the Stop Online Exploitation of Our Children Act. Because you know, Mark, if you write things down on paper uh, and sign them, all of a sudden, exploitation of children will stop. As though, you know, you, yeah, you can just write it and it'll be true. Well, what's going to happen is no online exploitation of children, not going to stop. The perverts are still going to get online and they'll still find ways to get in touch with kids. This law is going to stop freedom of speech. This law is going to put uh, people in jeopardy because of the content that their users post on their sites. When you join the Free Talk Live BBS at bbs.freetalklive.com, you join the community of over 1,300 of our listeners there interacting with one another, there's a simple user agreement that you agree to. That agreement says that we, as Free Talk Live, are not responsible for any content that you post. So if you start a thread with perverted, obscene pictures or whatever, that's your responsibility. If we don't want it there, we may we have the opportunity we may take the opportunity to remove it, right. but we aren't responsible for it. It's not my responsibility to go in there and remove content that I deem offensive. And it is not my responsibility to be a police officer 
an unpaid police officer for the federal government to police my entire website, to have my keep my eye open for anything that the government might consider obscene, and again, when in doubt, you probably have to get rid of it, facing $300,000 in fines, which is what these feds are proposing. Who would want to take that chance? Who would want to take the chance on something borderline on their website? I wouldn't want to face $300,000 on some... You know, blog or some site that I don't make any money on. I mean, there's millions and millions of websites out there that people don't make any money on. Right. So people are just going to give up. It's what it does. They're is going to throw in the towel. It, it it just stifles freedom of speech because yep. people are going to stop speaking freely on the internet because they might get fined three hundred thousand dollars. And how far are we away, Mark? If we if this law gets passed, and it sounds like it's going to, and there's more reasons to back up the, the idea that it's going to, for instance, down here in the uh, CNET article, it points out that Senator Chuck Schumer, a New York Democrat, and John McCain, who's a Republican, said they'll introduce similar legislation dealing with sex offenders and social networking sites in January. And the article also gives some other examples of Democrats introducing similar legislation. This is a bipartisan effort. The odds are very good that this law is going to get passed. So you're looking at a major chill-out on free speech on the Internet. People are going to be scared. They're going to be shutting down blogs for fear of what somebody might post in their comment section, something they might miss, mm-hmm. something they may not report, and something they could get caught in a sting operation for and get screwed yep. by the government. How far are we away from them passing another law that says that, as a blog operator, if you spot any terroristic threatening in your blog posts, in your uh, your comments area, or on your message board, you are required to uh, to turn that information into the Department of Homeland Security, post with, or you'll face ten years in prison. I can't see it taking more than two years. I can't. If yeah, it either. worked, it quote unquote, worked for mm-hmm. them. The, la- the the you know to stopping child predators online. Right now, we're going to stop terrorists. Now we're going to stop terrorists. So, and uh, in the process, Americans' free speech, this one free speech zone, the Internet, the internet that had gone, uh, yeah, decimated. It really is. It's just blown to pieces by these two laws introduced by this bipartisan group of politicians working together and to you preserve know if, your freedom. You know, if I can think of it, they can think of this. Disgusting. They can think of this. And, they, and, they're gonna, and then how is a website operator supposed to determine what is a terrorist threat? What is a terroristic threatening uh, post like? Right. Somebody uh, just ranting? Right. Uh, again, I Perhaps hate Perhaps an empty threat? Right. Scary stuff. Your calls. Let's go to the phones. Matt in Illinois. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Matt. Hey, how are you guys doing? Good. Hey. What's on your mind? I agree with you guys that uh, I think that this law is not about protecting children so much as it's about uh, control. Sure. It's con- controlling everybody. And it's conditioning people to get used to the idea of snitching out on their friends uh, on their neighbors. Yeah, which was my which was my point that I was going to make that those laws already exist. There's a whole group of people out there that are already required to do that. There's teachers and um, my wife's in the medical profession, and if they see anything that they even suspect to be child abuse mm-hmm. or any kind of a, a, a you know um personality disorder with the kids or anything like that 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 might be caused by the parents abusing them they are required to call up the authorities and tell them and what if, and if they, they don't don't they could lose their jobs and they could get into other trouble mm-hmm. yep it's just expanding out it's just yep. going to get bigger to where every american is a unpaid snitch for the federal government, and this is a frightening idea because then it just, again, then it just expands out into this terrorist idea. And what about the war on immigration? If you don't snitch out a potential immigrant next door to you, then you might face a fine as well. 
You are going to turn uh, regular Americans who normally would respect other people's privacy, who normally wouldn't butt into other people's business, into a bunch of busybodies because they're scared of going to jail. I mean, and how do police officers and uh, you know the law enforcement agencies enforce this? Do they walk around and say, have you been reporting on your neighborhood, citizen? I would think they'd be doing sting operations, as Dave suggested earlier. Yes. I mean, you know. Do something that should be reported by the law and then find out who didn't report it. Just sick. Well, that's you know that's how the Nazis kept control in in Germany. Yeah, it, you know? it's really similar to that. Yes, about Coleman. And how they and how they did it in Russia, it's it's all the same thing. So we got to stop it. What suggestions can you make to, to try to stop it? Uh, the Free State Project. I mean, really, that's my answer to everything. I think point. downside that downsize DC will probably. Do something about this. If Read this. the Bills was uh, was in effect, it would certainly be helpful here. I'm I'm sure uh, Jim Babka will get on board uh, on this one. I think Downsize DC is our only chance at the, at the federal level. But still, if we can all get together in one state and essentially nullify these bad federal laws and just say no to these, then that could uh, have a real effect as well. Thank you for the call, Matt. We appreciate it. Let's go to Rick in Nevada. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Rick. Evening, gentlemen. Hey. Good evening, sir. What's on your mind? I have a problem with John McCain's law. Indeed. He's a hypocrite, like uh, Ashcroft in the uh, uh, Bush administration previous. Mm-hmm. A hypocrite like Alberto Gonzalez and John Yu, both of whom have uh, helped in codifying torture of children into United, United States law. John McCain is a hypocrite who wants to uh, codify into law, uh, making the... Uh, Click on the Google against the law. If you click on Google today, yeah, the uh, painting by Edvard Munch. Yeah, I saw that up there today. Yeah, it'll take you to uh, some nudes that Edvard Munch painted uh, in the uh, early 20th century. Wait, is there another law that he's proposing, or are you talking about the one we're talking about? I'm talking about? about there will be criminal penalties for Google should that logo into into effect. So because this is another a, law. You're talking about a separate law. So-called pornography. Wait, wait, wait. I want to make sure I'm clear on this. You're talking about a different law that McCain is proposing? No, Not no. Th- I'm talking about what will become against the law if he if gets his way. It goes into effect. Hmm. Uh, Click on Google. You go to, and you know they're going to define those beautiful paintings by Monk as pornography. They certainly could. Because I mean, they're idiotic bastards. Yeah, there are really well, some closed-minded jerks up there. Ashcroft in was pu- putting things over the uh, statue's yeah, genitals exactly. in the White House. Right. That's amazing, isn't it? Rick, yeah, any other thoughts for us, sir? They're, they're a bunch of boobs. Uh, hypocrites and boobs. Thank yeah. you for the call. The law needs to be shut down. Rick, uh, we'll, we'll do our best to spread the word about it, and thank you, sir. We appreciate it. Not only does it deserve to be shut down, but it also deserves to be disobeyed. Um, again, it, it is the, I think... It is the responsibility, and, and I'd love to hear from you on this at 800-259-9231. It's the responsibility of a good American, of a liberty-loving American, to disobey bad laws. And you can believe that if this law goes into effect, I ain't going to do squat to enforce it on my website. And you can just you can hear it right here, right now, Mr. McCain. Come and get me, sucker, because I'm not deleting anybody's posts on freetalklive.com. Now, I may decide, you know, if somebody posts child porn, I'm going to get rid of that. If, if somebody comes across it, we do have a few moderators on the bulletin board system. But if it's an obscene picture, and there are plenty of them at freetalklive.com's bulletin board system, it's an adult place for adults to interact. 
and you can come across things like that there. There have been some pretty adult posts on there in the past. Yeah, I try to avoid them. I think most people try to avoid them, but they're there, and they ain't going anywhere. What are you going to do about it? Big bad federal government? Go ahead. Make an example out of me. It'll just make our show more powerful. Just get us more listeners and hasten your destruction. Hour three's on the way. It's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're kicking off Hour 3 of the Tuesday edition, and you can take control of the airwaves, as always, toll-free, 800-259-9231. That is the Packet 8 toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. And as usual, anything goes. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All of the features on the site, totally free, so do enjoy them at freetalklive.com. So there's news uh, out of Denver, or the denverpost.com reporting. You remember the story about Ted Haggard uh, came out yeah, about the, a uh, month ago? The, the preacher out there in Denver who was uh, having the liaison with the gay guy and snorting meth or whatever. The right, the mega church, uh, the ev- evangelical, like the president, yeah. essentially, of the evangelical church, major figure in the evangelical church, right. uh, essentially outed as a uh, a gay man and a drug user, although he denies the drug use. But nonetheless, a very interesting well, he allegation. Well, sort of the gay thing, too. I, I just got a massage. <laughs> An erotic massage. Anyway, in a tearful videotaped message Sunday to his congregation, the senior pastor of a thriving evangelical megachurch in South Metro Denver confessed to sexual relations with other men and announced he'd voluntarily resigned his pulpit. Mm. Now, this isn't Ted Haggard. This is another evangelical megachurch pastor wow what's happening out there you know the catholics are getting a break for once (laughs) a month ago the reverend paul barnes of grace chapel in douglas county preached to his 2100 member congregation about integrity and grace in the aftermath of the ted haggard drugs and gay sex scandal now the 55 uh, excuse me 54 year old barnes joins haggard as a fallen evangelical minister who preached that homosexuality was a sin but grappled with a hidden life quote I have struggled with homosexuality since I was a five-year-old boy, said Barnes in a 32-minute video, which the church leaders permitted the Denver Post to view. I can't tell you the number of nights I've cried myself to sleep, begging God to take this away. His wife, Char, cradled his hands. Ooh, Char. Who would name their kid Char? Maybe it's short for something. Oh, could be. Charlie? Char- Charlene? Uh, Barnes declined it in, uh, whenever I just hear the word char, I think of it like a blackened barbecue. Well, that's something. what it means. Barnes declined an interview request through the church. Unlike Haggard, who had an ear of the White House, Barnes is not a household name. He's a self-described introvert who avoids politics, preferring to talk about a Gen X service at the non-denominational church he started 28 years ago in his basement, church officials said. Barnes and Grace Chapel stayed out of the debate over Amendment 43, a measure approved by Colorado voters last month defining marriage as being between a man and one woman. Uh, So they go on to say that this guy isn't a political guy. Palmer said the church got an anonymous call last week from a person concerned for the welfare of Barnes in the church. The caller had overheard a conversation in which someone mentioned blowing the whistle on evangelical preachers engaged in homosexuality, including Barnes, said Palmer. So I guess some people out there sort of knew. Yeah. Well, I mean, his partners, I suppose. 
I suppose. Palmer met with Barnes, who then confessed. At an emergency meeting Thursday, the Board of Elders accepted Barnes's uh, resignation after he admitted sexual infidelity, violating the church's code of conduct. Church leaders must also affirm annually that they are, quote, living the moral and ethical teachings of Scripture in my public and private life. As for details of Barnes's transgressions, Palmer called them, quote, infrequent events in his life that, to his knowledge, did not take place in uh, recent months. As though, you know, that matters. Uh, Sitting cross-legged... knowledge? Yeah. Sitting wouldn't know? Sitting cross-legged in jeans and... No, no, this was the uh, spokesperson for the church. Okay. Sitting cross-legged in jeans and an open-collared shirt, Barnes spoke in his video about evolving feelings growing up in a firm moral family from confused little boy to adolescent racked with self-loathing and guilt. In their only talk about sex, Barnes says his father took him on a drive and asked him about what he would do if a fag approached him. Barnes thought, is that how you'd feel about me? It was a knife. It was like a knife in my heart and made me feel even more closed. You know, I feel so bad uh, for people in this guy's position. You know, he was growing up with feelings. I mean, at five years old, you are a gay man. I mean, as we've talked to, we've talked to plenty of homosexuals on this show, and it seems like the, uh, the, the consensus on the issue is that, for the most part, they were born you were that born way. that way. That's what that's what they claim, and um, some would claim otherwise. Some that weren't gay. Well, this is a guy who's a Christian evangelical preacher who's mm-hmm. admitting to having gay thoughts when he was as young as five years old. Right. And I mean, I just I can't imagine growing up in a family with such uh, close-minded jerks for parents, where your only talk with uh, se- with sex about dad is when he takes you in his truck and asks you how you'd handle if a fag approached you. Well, I mean, that was can you imagine? included in the conversation. It wasn't the whole of the conversation. When Barnes experienced a Christian conversion at 17, it gave him a glimmer of hope, but his homosexual feelings never went away, he said. He said he cannot accept that a person is, quote, born that way, so he looks to childhood influences. Oh, really? Uh, Barnes says he asked God He's, many times. He couldn't times. accept it. He right. believes it, but couldn't accept it. So he looked to childhood influences. I wonder what sort of childhood influences he could have possibly have had in a, a family with a dad like that up to the age of five. I can't imagine they gave him pink toys. <laughs> when Barnes, uh, Barnes asked, said he asked God many times why he was called to ministry to start Grace Chapel carrying a horrible burden. The soft-spoken Barnes is an unlikely big church pastor. You know, if, if he was... Uh, sort of created gay, then God created him gay, and then God is sent, um, you know, created sin. You know, it's it does. It's it, a mess. It really does get to be a mess, and this is where philosophical, you know, one of the one of the many philosophical holes in Christianity in general. Can you explain that a little more? Well, um, if 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 the um, God created sin, essentially, uh, you know, the idea is that man brought it in, but you know, if God creates everything at all times, He's creating human life right now. Um, how does the sin get into the human, the new human baby, me? Mm-hmm. How did sin get into me? Well, it was in the world. It was invasive. You know, they, they really they have this problem um, with God being sinless and there being sin in the world. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't theologically work out very well. Barnes describes struggling with what he believes is the biblical teaching that homosexuality is an abomination. Over the years, he grew to accept that, quote, this is my thorn in the flesh, Barnes expressed hope for a future where one can be who you are and be accepted and loved in the Christian community and also spoke about separating some of the teachings from Scripture from Jesus Christ. You know, I think it's interesting 
I wonder still what the uh, response has been, and I, I don't know if they, they go through very many in this, in this particular story. But I wonder what the, the response has been now with two. Because the first, the, with Ted Haggard, people were pretty shocked. The evangelical community, pretty shocked by it. They still sort of said they, they love Pastor Ted and everything, and uh, they sort of were making excuses for him. But now that you've got a second evangelical leader in the same area, Denver, the Denver area, coming out of the closet... How does this affect a lifelong evangelical believer? Somebody, I mean, the evangelicals are people that are essentially biblical literalists. These mm-hmm. are the the most Christian of Christians, basically. And it's uh, going beyond just saying, you know, Jesus Christ is my personal savior, and I believe mm, a lot of the stuff that's in the Bible. You know, they believe every word. Yeah, the word they, they literally believe that the 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 Bible is the word of God. Yeah, that, uh, on paper. And, you know, going to the point where, uh, you know, God speaks through, you know, you can speak in tongues of angels if you uh, so choose, and and so they speak in tongues. You can tell that this guy, this Barnes, while he doesn't want to be a homosexual in that he feels like he'd be ostracized from his friends, the church people, Mm -hmm. and that's how they do, you know, that's what they do. They do certainly ostracize uh, them different folk. You can tell he feels uh, pretty regretful towards their attitude because he's talking about how he wants a future where you can be who you are and be accepted in the, and loved in the Christian community. Obviously, he feels as though he's going to be shut out. He feels as though by doing this, he's going to have some uh, negative reputation attached to him by the uh, the people that, uh, that you know, two weeks ago would have uh, loved this guy. Yeah. And I just wonder how the evangelicals are taking this. If you are an evangelical listening to the show, 1-800-259-9231. Does it shock your world when two people who are leaders of, they call them megachurches, when two pastors, high-ranking officials, if you will, in the evangelical movement, are outed as uh, homosexuals? Is that a little earth-shaking for you? 800-259-9231. Barron says he's been in counseling three times uh, and never found anyone he could talk to. The wife said on his video that his wife said on the video that she didn't know about her husband's struggles until he confided in her last week. Wow. The couple has two daughters in their 20s. Should be interesting to see how the marriage handles that. Yeah. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. On the way, some laws, or some news, actually, about laws and teen marijuana use. Do they make a difference? (laughs) We'll find out. What do you think? This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. You take control of the airway. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's 1-800-259-9231, the Packet 8 toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features on the site. They are completely free. And if you like Free Talk Live and you want to support the show, then buy some stuff, especially this holiday season, but any time during the year, at amazon.freetalklive.com. Because when you shop at amazon.freetalklive.com, a percentage of your purchase will go to benefit Free Talk Live. So do all your shopping. Get all the stuff you need for life, uh, you know, whether it be laundry detergent to bathroom supplies to the big stuff like uh, electronics, high-dollar, high-ticket items, uh, plasma TVs, furniture, sporting goods, accessories, you name it, they sell it. Amazon.freetalklive.com. The prices are great, very competitive. The free Super Saver shipping deals are tremendous. By the way, you've got till the 15th, that's this Friday, to place your order and still get free Super Saver shipping to you by Christmas time. So please take note of that. 
Um, anyway, Amazon.freetalklive.com. If you can't think of what you need to get people for Christmas or for the, this holiday season, Hanukkah, or whatever it is that you celebrate, then get gift certificates. Because we benefit from those purchases, too. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Everything you need all in, in one place. Simple. Easy. Do it. Amazon.freetalklive.com. So uh, let's go to, uh, let's see, this came in as an email from Bruce Merkin at the Marijuana Policy Project. They've got a new report. We actually had Bruce on the show, I think, last year. Was new, it Bruce? Uh, Bruce Merkin, yeah, we had him on. Okay. He's on our guest page. I'm sure right. of it. Anyway, challenges a new report from the Marijuana Policy Project in Washington challenges the key assumption underlying present U.S. laws, marijuana laws, that is, that marijuana must be prohibited for, adult, uh, for adults in order to, de- uh, to deter teens from using it. Well, MPP's report, available on their website at MP, uh, mpp.org slash teen use, comes as the federal government prepares to release its annual Monitoring the Future survey of teenage drug use, which is traditionally released in mid-December. When reformers proposed regulating marijuana for adults in a manner similar to alcohol or tobacco, government officials typically argue that such a policy would encourage use by children. Right. And if, you, if you say that it's okay for adults to do it, then kids will be just smoking pot all over the place. And such assertions are widely accepted by the press and the public as being true. Well, MPP undertook a thorough review of government data, so the government's own numbers from the United States and around the world, as well as studies by think tanks and academic researchers. Key findings include that marijuana prohibition has not prevented a dramatic increase in marijuana use by teenagers. In fact, the overall rate of marijuana use in the United States has risen by roughly 4,000% since marijuana was first outlawed. That's quite a uh, increase there. Yeah, might might just be the outlawing. It's, just maybe. It's getting more popular. Independent studies by RAND in Europe and the U.S. National Research Council have reported that marijuana prohibition appears to have little or no impact on rates of use. Since Britain ended most marijuana possession arrests in 2004, the rate of marijuana use by 16 to 19-year-olds has dropped. Now, they don't say how much, but nonetheless, it's dropped. Ours is going up. In the United States, rates of teen marijuana use in states that have decriminalized adult marijuana possession are statistically equal to the rates in the states that have retained criminal penalties. So either, when you look at the statistics, it either goes down... Right, the criminal penalty doesn't have anything to do with anything, Or stays apparently. the same. Right. So your laws suck. Right. They don't do anything except inconvenience people and, and make people's lives worse. Yeah, a lot worse. Not only do I have to pay to imprison these people, but if you get caught with this, uh, the, this plant... Good luck getting a job. Yeah, you're, you're going you're gonna to have a criminal record, you're going to have to pay all kinds of money and fees and now, court to, fees and all kinds of other stuff. That's true. And on the job comment, to be fair to most employers, uh, most employers understand that marijuana is not a big deal. And if they spot marijuana, like, for instance, if they spot a marijuana conviction for you, eh, you probably have a, you still have an okay chance of getting the job. But nonetheless, it's, you know, for the more intolerant of employers out there, it's certainly a problem. Right. I mean, it's, why should it matter? So I, what I really love the most about this, uh, this report here, and I've, I haven't dug through the numbers. This is their summary page, essentially. What I really love about it is it really points out how futile these laws are. They don't do jack squat for reducing the amount of marijuana consumption in the world or in this country. All it does is increase law enforcement budgets right. and Big, increase government power. Bigger and more invasive law enforcement agencies. 
In the Netherlands, where adults have been allowed to possess and purchase small amounts of marijuana since 1976, the rate of marijuana use by adults and teens is lower than in the United States, and teen use of cocaine and amphetamines is far lower than in the United States. Now, that's funny, isn't it? Because amphetamines are still illegal, cocaine still illegal in the Netherlands. Why on earth? Is it that kids aren't using them as much there than they are here? Because if the people that want to alter their state can alter their state with marijuana. It's easier. It's more simple. They can just go and get the pot. Safer and better for you, too. Yeah, and kids know that stuff. They're not stupid. They're friends that have tried it. They're all telling them that it's no big deal. When I was 16, I remember I was still indoctrinated with this whole mentality of, drugs are bad. But then uh, my friends told me, uh, my friends who I had good rapport with, they were my friends after all, told me that, hey, man, this isn't really, this isn't the big deal that they made it out to be in their class. And uh, they persuaded me to give it a shot. And thank goodness that they did. I think it's because I uh, started smoking pot when I was in high school that I discovered the liberty movement. Well, also, um, it, it has a tendency to, in your case, I believe, it, it definitely uh, got you away from drinking. I mean, you, That's true. Yeah. Yeah, I had started drinking slightly before I started smoking marijuana, uh-huh. and uh, I decided that I liked marijuana a lot more than I liked uh, drinking. And you had some bad experiences with drinking. I did have some bad experiences with drinking, though that was after I had started smoking marijuana, so I did them well, both it's not at the like, same time. it's not like angels descended the first right. time you puffed on a joint. Right, but I had something to turn to. I had an alternative in the form of marijuana, so that's where I went. Anyway, the idea that prohibiting adults from using marijuana will keep it away from kids is a myth that isn't backed up by the data, said director of MPP, uh, the MPP, Rob Campia. We need laws that are based on facts and science, not faith-based myths. Well, you know, I like what MPP's doing here with this report, but I still don't care for where they're going. What they want to do is create a regulated marijuana marketplace in the same way that alcohol and tobacco are regulated. Now, while that would be an improvement on the current situation that we have today, I it's agree. only shifting bureaucratic power. It's only giving one bureaucracy, you know, the uh, essentially the vice bureaucracy, like the the alcohol commissions, well, the uh, B- giving them more power. Let's let's be serious here. Um, the BATF, even if you look at them in the worst light possible, and and I can. Mm-hmm. Um, they're nothing compared to the size of local and state government, um, local and state police agencies, and how much they've grown because of the war on drugs. You would really reduce the burden on taxpayers if you legalized marijuana and gave the regulation of it over to the BATF. It's true. I, I just, don't want that. It, it's true, and but I think it's important for uh, for principled libertarians to be advocating for just total decriminalization and allowing the marketplace to handle distribution and the marketplace to handle uh, getting marijuana into people's. I hands. would agree, but if um, the worst thing that happens is they you know give it to the BATF to uh, handle. But, right, and also if you create, and they're focusing on the fact that the the, the adults are a factor here, that, that we need to have laws, uh, get rid of the laws for adults, but presumably still have laws preventing kids. I mean, if you want to have a regulated atmosphere for marijuana, you're going to have laws preventing kids from buying it. But I think we could very easily do another study that shows that kids aren't prevented from smoking cigarettes either by the laws. Mm-hmm. Kids, that's not stopping them there. And the laws aren't stopping them now, and having laws that allow adults to smoke but prevent kids from smoking still isn't going to stop kids from smoking pot. Let's be honest. They're going to do it. More is on the way. It's Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. 
This is your show. It is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves with the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That is the Packet 8 toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free, so do enjoy the listener map. You can uh, scroll around the world and see who else is listener to the show at map.freetalklive.com, and you can add yourself to said map at map.freetalklive.com. And like everything else on our website, it is completely free. Hey, get registered now for the New Hampshire Liberty Forum, attaining economic and personal freedoms in America's freest state. This three-day event, February 23rd through the 25th, will be held convention-style in historic Concord, with some of the program taking place in the State House. Register now at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. That is freestateproject.org slash libertyforum as we go to the phones to the fun. Let's talk to Skuma in California. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Skuma. Skuma in California going once. Hello. Hi. Hello. What's on your mind? Uh, on Friday, the, uh, that's the last day of school before winter break. Okay. The, uh, they plan to search everyone upon entry as sort of as what I jokingly refer to as a reward for those who even bother to show up. <laughs> wow. And now, how did you get wind of this? Oh, they did last year, and I'm also friends with a, with a security guard. You have security guards at the school you go to? Yeah, but wow. they're okay. Wait, now, what are the, what are the roles? I, th- this is something I didn't have when I was in high school. So what is the role of a security guard on a high school campus? What do they normally they, do? You know, break up fights, maybe work security at football games. Mm-hmm. I, sometimes they probably search people, but I don't know. Do they sort of roam the hallways, or, I mean, are they on campus? Are they present and visible at all times? Not at all times. You know, they're not, they're not just, like, wandering around the hallways. How I many guess. security guards at any given time are on campus? Uh, about three, not counting the actual police officer. So you know one of the security guards, and he sort of leaked to you that there was going to well, be searches for everyone coming into school? Well, then again, it happened last year, too, and the year before that, so... No big secret. Wow. Now, what, I mean, what's the methodology here? I mean, the kids aren't stupid. I mean, if they really want to catch something, wouldn't it be, not that I'm trying to give these bureaucrats ideas, but wouldn't it be smarter to randomly search kids? I mean, as far as randomly set a day to search kids instead of announcing it in advance or creating a uh, repeating pattern of those searches? Well, you see, like, the reason why they're doing this is because there was uh, one girl who went to, who came to school one day and with uh, alcohol. Uh-oh. They're looking for alcohol, basically, and she, like, drank herself and then passed out in the hallway. Oh, boy. And they I hear other stories that she wanted to commit suicide, she had a knife, etc., etc. Whoa. So they, just, so they set aside this one day to do that. Well, good luck, man. Uh, anything else on your mind? Yeah, I was actually wondering whether or not I should go or not. What's well, the day before winter break, right? Yeah. A lot of people not going, I take it? Yeah, probably not. What's the punishment for not going? Nothing really. You just have to like get a parent's note, and I'm sure well, I can get a parent's note. I was gonna, I was either either gonna stay home or just like take my guitar with me. There like, you go. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Or maybe I can like not consent to the search and be a. Or you could get the uh, or or you could get the uh, the Bill of Rights Security Edition. You could put that on you at yeah. securityedition.com, and you can. Uh, I think I would object. not submit to the, uh, the uh, submit to the search and see what happens. It's yeah. not like you're wasting anything as far as the day goes. The teachers want to be gone as bad as badly as you do. It's, it's not like you get a criminal charge from not submitting to the search, right. right? You know, what's the worst thing they can do to you? That's an interesting idea. And yeah, it, what is the worst thing they could do? They could probably give me for truancy if I, they catch me like walking back home because I walk. But wait, you won't let me into your school. 
Like, I'm not submitting to a search, and you won't let... I want to come to school, but you won't let me in. So. Right. I just don't want you groping me. Well, they just wand and do a bag search. I don't... I, look, I don't need to be treated like a criminal in my own school. Ooh, yeah, yeah, that's good stuff. I, I haven't done anything. In this country, you're, you're supposed innocent to be... Innocent until proven guilty. Innocent until proven guilty, and you're waving me with wands? I mean, it's like I'm... Some kind of terrorist or something. Mm. Yeah, and everyone I know is a little sycophant. They like they just like say, "All right, you know." Yeah, I, yeah, I agree with Mark on this one. Uh, go to school, try to get in without consenting to the search, and if they don't want to let you in, then uh, you know, leave. See what happens. They're the one who kicks you out. Back in later in the day when the gates are all open. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, thanks for the call, Skuma. Good luck. Let us know what happens. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one to Eric in La, uh, Louisiana. Eric, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey there, guys. Hey, what's on your mind? Um, I actually just kind of wanted to talk to you about how ineffective these smoking laws really are. The uh, teenage smoking bans, are we talking about marijuana, cigarettes, or both? Uh, cigarettes, actually. Okay. And marijuana, for that matter. But yeah, I know where, I, where we come from down in Florida, there is actually a specific law that uh, I think it prescribes like a $45 fine if someone under the age of 18 is caught smoking a cigarette. Oh, wow. I didn't. I actually wasn't aware of it. Um, I know I work during the summers in New Mexico, mm-hmm. and here in Louisiana and up in New Mexico, there's actually no law against smoking them. They just prohibit you from buying them. Right. Which is, I mean, it's pretty. It's a pretty ridiculous way of preventing it, just because pretty much every other coworker I had was 18 and willing to buy cigarettes. Sure. All you have to do is throw them a buck. I mean, some people won't even yeah. charge you a service fee. Yeah. Exactly. And beyond that, though, the amusing thing is that um, one of my friends here in Louisiana, um, he's taking some courses over at one of the local colleges. Mm-hmm. And so they give him a college ID so that he doesn't get stopped and, you know, written up for truancy or whatever. Right. And he will actually, like, and he smokes. And if he wants to buy cigarettes and there isn't an adult handy for him to, you know, to, for him to get to buy cigarettes for him, right? He'll just go into the stores, show him his college ID that doesn't have his his age or anything on it. Sure, they figure he's in college; he must sure. be old enough. Yeah, and they let him buy cigarettes. It's, nice. it's ridiculous. Now, so, the, I mean, it is ridiculous. What's r- the most ridiculous is when people get in trouble for this. Like if they yeah. run a sting on a. Uh, a convenience store or something like that, and a convenience store clerk not knowing any better or just slacking a little bit and not checking IDs can get in trouble, can possibly get a fine and, uh, you know, some sort of a criminal charge. That's the real outrage. The best thing that I've heard is when cops, and I don't know, it seems like there would be a law against this, like entrapment or something, but when cops will, like, pay a teenager five bucks to go into a store and try and buy cigarettes. Yep. And then if the teenager gets away with it, the cops instantly go in and bust the clerk. That's what I'm talking about, the stings. It's uh, it's yeah. sick, man. People shouldn't... It seems sh- like that would be entrapment, though, you know? You'd think so, uh, but they get away with it. And it's just more of uh, it's more of what we were talking about in, uh, in the second hour of the show, and that is being an unpaid agent for the government. You're an unpaid enforcer of government laws in that particular case. Yeah. And that's wrong, man. I don't... How can they... That's, that's slavery, isn't it? I mean, if you have um, to enforce like these laws, if you have to check people's identification, um, that's not something the business is asking you to do. Well, I mean, they are because they can face fines, too. But uh, everyone's doing it by coercion. No one has voluntarily agreed. Uh, this isn't a voluntary policy on the store's part. They're just following the law. Yeah. Well, there's actually a historical precedent for doing that type of thing, of enforcing government laws for the government. Mm-hmm. 
is if you go back to slavery, actually, the fugitive slave laws in 1850 True. basically gave um, – a slave catcher, the authority to, if he saw a runaway slave, he would he could deputize anyone and force them to help him catch the slave. And if you didn't, you could be fined or arrested. So. You know what? I'm glad you brought that up because I didn't think I didn't even think to bring that up in hour number two. And thank you for the call. We appreciate hearing from you, Eric. Uh, great point. These laws, these forced snitch laws, have been around longer than than we might have thought. Mark, all the way back to the Fugitive Slave Act. It's amazing. I, I would I would never have guessed that. Now they're just uh, now they're even more widespread uh, with the uh, the advent of the internet and more people are coming under their purview, and it's sick. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Let's talk to Gene, the Christian anarchist in Tennessee. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hi guys. Hey Gene, what's on your mind? Oh, I was going to talk to you about drunks, but first, hey, how about that? Uh... Christian anarchist thread going on your BBS, huh? You've got more than one. I'm not sure which one you're referring to. Uh, Christian anarchy is the only sensible answer. We're up to 1,095 posts now. Wow, that's uh, it's got to be one of the bigger ones on the on the board. I think it's a record. Well, you you know you're an interesting guy, Gene. You uh, you're a Christian and an anarchist, and that's I think a surprise to a lot of people. Yeah, it it sounds contradictory. I know you want to talk about drunk, so hang on. We're going to bring you back. 800-259-9231. And speaking of people forced to uh, to impress laws or forced to enforce laws on others without compensation, got an email from somebody who's a bouncer at a club. And as you might imagine, they have a set of laws they have to enforce. 800-259-9231. Only moments remain in this, the Tuesday edition, but still enough time for your call. It is your show. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You take control of the airwaves, even in these remaining moments. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231, the Packet 8 toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features on the site are totally free. Though we do ask that you voluntarily support the show by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier at amp.freetalklive.com. Essentially, the program is simple stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And since we give you all of the features at freetalklive.com for free, it's above and beyond all of that. So it's a voluntary option for you to show your support for the show to the tune of all of $3 a month. Now, the idea is we take in that $3 and turn it around into promoting Free Talk Live. We get more radio stations on board with the program. We get more Internet listeners on board and thereby spreading the message of freedom and liberty around the world. So if that's valuable to you and you want to get your hands on some cool perks like access to the amplifier-only forum, the amplifier-only call-in lines, and more, head over to amp.freetalklive.com and learn all about it. And is there a little person that's important to you this Christmas? Give them financial literacy for Christmas. It's a kid's journey to getting rich by Jewel Thornton, and it shows kids how to grow up financially free, save early and often, and how to develop passive income streams, the key to financial freedom. It's a great stocking stuffer and will be shipped to you by Christmas. Check out A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich at akidsjourney.com. That's akidsjourney.com. As we go back to Gene, the Christian Anarchist, you're back on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Gene, the Christian Anarchist. Yeah, hello? You're back. Okay, I finally got my T-shirt that I ordered before I went to China last trip, but they <laughs> sent me a small instead of a large. Oh, no. What, did I you, can't wear it. Did you contact Johnson uh, to do an exchange? No, I haven't done that yet. Okay, you should do that, because yeah. uh, we're all about customer service here at Free Talk Live, Gene. So what else well, is on good. your mind? Um, drunks. And uh, this the whole discussion about drunks. And, you know, I've always said that if there's no victim, there's no crime. And um, 
uh, I know quite a few drunks that are pretty darn good drivers, actually. My father, he, he died several years ago, but he was a drunk. And he could drive drunk like nobody's business. I mean, mm-hmm. he would drive drunk better than most people drive sober. So, But people very... like Mark want to punish uh, your father um, because he decided to step behind the wheel um, Only if he gets if into an accident. he gets into an accident. Okay, well, you know, if you get into an accident sober, you know, what's the difference? That's what I've been asking, Gene. That's what I've been trying to figure out. I'm glad you're on my side on this one. But there's another uh, uh, thing I want to say. I've always watched the air shows and the air races. When I lived in Reno, I went to the air races every year. And there was an excellent older pilot there. He's so old, he was older than me. So mm-hmm. that shows how old he was. But he was an air show pilot second to none. He was the greatest. I'm not going to mention his name, but um, it is said that he never got into a plane sober. <laughs> he, he would apparently, uh, you know, tip that bottle several times before he'd get behind the, the oh controls goodness. of that airplane. And he was one. You want to take any chances, you know? He was one of the best pilots out there, and he lived to an old age. The guy uh, actually had to quit flying because he lost his medical certificate as he got older. But uh, cirrhosis. He, he flew. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, he flew up until the very end as one of the best that was out there, and he flew drunk. So. You know, just because somebody's drunk doesn't mean, or, or so-called impaired, doesn't necessarily mean that they're bad drivers. Some people sober are such crappy drivers that maybe a drink would help settle their nerves a little bit. Mm, interesting observation. You know, I just how do you th- what do you think about as far as I don't even know what to think about that. As far as potential um I guess red, uh punishment in a more uh, anarchistic or free market based society, Gene, for instance, uh, the roads would be owned on a private uh private basis. Road owners could uh set whatever sorts of rules or parameters for the drivers that they wanted to. Would you think that we would have sort of a society that essentially says that if you do get into an accident and you are drunk that um, instead of spending time in a jail cell, that you just simply have your uh, reputation rating damaged? How would Gene handle this? Well, I think it goes back to the old eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth idea. Ooh, what would you... Wait, wait, wait. What does that mean? Like, if you get in a wreck with somebody, that they uh, barrel a, a brick at your car while you, with you sitting in it so you can get well, into another wreck? I mean, what? how do you eye for an eye that? Obviously, you would have to make recompense for the damage that you did. So. Right. Uh, an even amount. I but mean, how do you feel about even, a how do you how do you feel about a reputation damage uh, you know a hit to their reputation rating if they were indeed drinking before well, the with accident? today's technology you could do that. Obviously, it wouldn't have worked a hundred years ago. But yes, yeah, with today's technology you could do such a thing. It seems to me that restitution is the most sensible idea. It doesn't make sense to lock a drunk up in prison because then they're just going to get out, be depressed about their shoddy life because they've lost their license, they've been in prison, they've lost their job probably by that point, and then they're going to start drinking. I mean, yep. it's just not a good. Uh, <laughs> I've known so many people who have had one DUI who then have another DUI and then have another DUI. I mean, it, like the laws that we have are so tough and so brutal, but even they don't stop them from putting then, more liquor in their. And then uh, they body. can never become legal again. They can never get that license back. Right. So you've got an entire life of depression after that, Gene. Thank you for the call. We appreciate hearing from you. I don't think, you know, as as emotional as this issue is. I don't think the current system that we have is the right way to address it. I think restitution. Well, I think that the current system we have uh, leads to things like roadside checks and oh cop, yeah, and that's cops even worse. Looking through my car, right, then we're don't all have any suspects. Business, right? Don't, they don't have any business doing that. And the, you know, the current system has a lot of flaws with it. All I'm saying is that uh, there's a 
additional level of culpability when it comes to uh, getting in the car. And I think, I think I can understand where you're coming from. I would just like to see the marketplace handle whatever the consequences are for that, rather than this arbitrary government system would. that we have. I know and you would, buddy. Not only, well, yeah, of course I would, because it would work better. Because the marketplace would provide a system that's, uh, that's most fair to everyone. And with Gene's suggestion of restitution, if you get into an accident, whether it's alcohol involved or not, you're going to have to make good with the people that you got into that accident with. And, you know, just getting into a small accident, my girlfriend was recently in one, and uh, that was a real shock to the system. Like, whoa, this is a big deal, you know, maybe I should be a little bit more careful, even when I'm in a parking lot and that sort of thing, because, you know, your butt's on the line, and your assets are at risk. And I think, uh, I think you know, bring, that really brings it home to a lot of people. Anyway, going back to the other issue of uh, enforcing laws without compensation, Donovan writes in an email. He's, uh, by the way, one of our board operators. He says, you see, I make ends meet by working bar and nightclub security. So I sympathize with stories regarding the way that people who sell alcohol and cigarettes are compelled to become part of the apparatus of enforcement. What's perhaps not well understood by the public at large is that the employee and the shop are held personally, criminally, and financially responsible for sales to minors. This is true in Minnesota and most of the other states that I'm aware of. It's not just the minor who gets in trouble. If I permit someone under the age of 21 to obtain alcohol, even if someone else buys it for them from my establishment, or they steal it, I can face a fine of up to $700. The establishment, it's as as the bouncer. Yeah, that's crazy. The establishment itself will be fined for up to 700 plus face a black mark on its liquor license application and a possible one-day suspension. All of that is for a first offense. As a result, the nightclub I work at and many others hold the policy of carding everyone, no matter how old they might appear, and refusing service to anyone who can't produce proper identification. And that's, of course, restricted by statute to certain forms of ID, like driver's license, military ID, etc., of course, you can argue about whether or not minors ought to be given access to alcohol, tobacco, and adult products. I have my own opinions on this. But it should be realized that bar staff and management becomes a tool for enforcement. And there's really not much they can do about it. As to the question of whether a given store would allow parents with children to purchase restricted items, I spent some time working at a store that uh, sold tobacco and items of an adult nature, like porn. We had a very strict policy of not allowing anyone under the age of 18 into the store. On several occasions, I had to turn away parents with infants, as the infants were obviously under the age of 18. Hmm. Using bar staff as an element to restricting alcohol sales has a more insidious element as well. For example, it's not unheard of in one county in Minnesota for... It's not an unheard of practice for people who've been arrested and put into jail to forfeit their state-issued IDs like maybe with a DUI, for instance. Because so many alcohol and tobacco sellers have restrictive ID policies, this means that people who have been in jail are therefore unable to obtain alcohol or tobacco until they apply for and receive a new state-issued ID. And we all know how that can be a, a hassle and can be expensive for people that have had theirs confiscated. As well, immigrants and other visitors who don't have the appropriate papers are likewise excluded from certain forms of personal uh, personal recreation. Further, the lack of a proper ID excludes those Americans unwilling or unable to comply with the bureaucratic forms and fees necessary for obtaining said proper identification. Anyway, the point of all this is that the current model of alcohol and tobacco sales has co-opted and forced employees of tobacco and dram shops. I'm not sure what that is. Uh, Like a bar? Dram? Dram? Yeah. 
into being tools for the government. We are forced, in the face of some rather severe penalties, to become part of the apparatus uh, eroding individual liberty in many jurisdictions. But it's not particularly our fault that we have to be repressive. It's the result of accumulated restrictions, laws, ordinances, and statutes that we have to abide by to keep our businesses afloat and the local constabulary off of our backs. Yeah, I understand, Donovan, that you don't feel like it's your fault, but collectively, it is the fault of all Americans for allowing laws like this to be put into place. And if no one enforced them, then they'd have to shut down all the bars. And that's not bloody likely, is it? Like, if all the bars refuse to do it? It's Ian. All the bars, yeah. Vinny in here with you. And Mark. See you tomorrow night online, freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. 